This is episode 56 with Dr. Physical Therapy and Sobriety Life Coach, Dr. Alice Kirby. Welcome to Pencil Leadership. My name is Chris Anderson, Success and Lifestyle Coach, and this show is to help you begin building a life of fulfillment and to leave a positive mark on the world. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now take out your pencils and let's begin. Very excited for our guests today. Uh, a really interesting topic about how to overcome stress and anxiety um, by kind of tuning into our nervous system and our physiology. Uh, so we have Dr. Alice Kirby with us today. She's a doctor of physical therapy, uh, a health consultant, a holistic health practitioner, and a somatic experiencing practitioner in training. She uses her decades of experience and training to focus on the stress response from an autonomic, excuse me, nervous system and physiological perspective. She also helps her clients to identify areas where they feel stuck and provides a well-regulated and supportive environment for them to begin gently touching past trauma or overwhelm and heal these states through presence and awareness of the body and in the present moment. So she also helps special or she also specializes in working with sober and sober curious women who are seeking additional tools to manage stress, increase a sense of calm and move forward in creating their lives. Dr. Kirby, welcome to the show today. Thanks so much for having me. No problem. Excited to to dig into how to kind of heal trauma, anxiety, stress through looking kind of intrinsically at our nervous system and, and physiological system. So, but first I'd love to hear kind of a little bit about you, your story and, and what got you doing what you do. Sure. Um, so I'm a doctor of physical therapy, as you mentioned. And um, before I, I actually went back to school to become a physical therapist when I was 30. So I started college okay. at age 30. Um, and so in my twenties, I kind of had this whole other life. I was doing a lot of traveling I was a flight attendant for a while. Um, and I did a lot of education, with different natural healing modalities. I studied mm -hmm. Chinese medicine, alternative medicine, uh, polarity therapy. I lived in really beautiful places all over the, all over the world and studied uh, different natural healing modalities. So I, okay. when I decided to go back to school is I really wanted, um, I was a massage therapist back then. I had a small business business that I had a practice and uh, I really wanted to broaden my scope of practice. So I decided like PT school seems like a good fit. I originally wanted to go to med school and I kind of did all that and was pre-med and um, took the MCAT and then just <laughs> really got hit with this strong sense of like, this isn't it. I don't want to do yeah. this. So I took a year and thought about it. I always really loved neuroscience, um, you know, so I thought about a PhD in neuro, but I really didn't want to do research. I wanted to be active and mm. moving. So PT was a really good fit. I still get to be a doctor, which was important to me. Um, yeah. So, so anyway, yeah, that kind of is my educational history. Um, cool. and, and now the work that I do, like I've, I've kind of moved away from clinical practice. I still see mm -hmm. a, just a few patients that I've been with for a long time and, um, they won't let me go, <laughs> but it's great. I love working with them. So it's really nice. Um, but like while I was finishing up my doctorate, I started noticing in my own life, I was really um, just developing an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. So I was mm. kind of, I had a ton of stress and anxiety trying to finish my clinical rotations and just prepare for my board exams. And um, I really didn't have any tools or mechanisms to cope with it. So I was watching myself kind of use alcohol more and more like self in a self-medicating type way to try yeah. to calm anxiety, which 
um, for anyone else who's tried that, it really doesn't work. You know, it's, it's kind of okay for a little while and then, and then it really isn't. And so for me, after a point, it really wasn't. And, um, and I got sober and I quit drinking Mm. and that was a pretty big, uh, yeah, it's been great. It's definitely, um, my stress anxiety is much, much better just from removing alcohol alone. That helped a lot. But around that same time, I got introduced to this this modality of trauma healing called somatic experiencing. And, um, I worked with my practitioner for about a year doing that and then decided to go ahead and and take the three year training to become a trauma practitioner and a somatic experiencing practitioner. So at this point I have one more, one more year left. So I'm still a practitioner in training. Um, but it's amazing work and it really combines my love of like different healing modalities, but also the nervous system, Mm. as well as it works with the physiology. And as a physical therapist, I have, um, I have a pretty good breadth of knowledge of, of the body and of the brain and, and how the systems work, but this work really pulls it in, in a very different way. And Mm. it's been interesting to utilize this work, like from my physical therapy lens and help people to to really move through some pretty intense stuff. And, uh, in the case with the sober women that I work with to really give them alternative methods to manage stress and anxiety that I wish I'd had presented to Mm. me back when that was such an issue, um, other than reaching for a drink. And, you know, in some of the, in some of the cases of, I do corporate work as well. And sometimes it's not alcohol. That's the issue, but it's like workaholism or, and I see this a lot with entrepreneurs as well. It's because when you have your own thing, it's like, there's always something to do. Yep. Um, and I think there's a mindset that goes along with it of like, well, if I don't do this, I'm going to lose out. I'm not going to get ahead. Somebody else is going to come and like, <laughs> I don't know, steal my own audience. These are all right. thoughts I, I have regularly. Right. <laughs> so, so I really get it. Um, and so being able to kind of manage our own systems, like through this process, whether we're in the corporate world or whether we're in the entrepreneurial world, um, and be able to touch back into our bodies a little bit more and mm. recognize some of what's happening in our physiology and just kind of not just relying on our, the information from our neocortex. It, a, it helps us to be much more present, which um, for me definitely helps me to serve my people better and my audience better and, and be a better yeah. leader. Um, but it also, it just, it calms us down to like actually mm. get into our physical bodies and like be present here. It's, <laughs> it's a easier state to, to go through life in. So for sure. Yeah. That's in a nutshell. Oh, I, love story. It. I think it's so, so cool. Cause so originally my background, athletic training. Right. Uh, so yeah, the same thing, just, it's amazing how the body works together. And if we're not paying attention to the whole body, but just part of it, like our physical, instead of like our mental or like our somatic system, like how it can still throw us off. And so I, I think it's it's neat to to dig into this more. So for those who might not know, like what exactly is like a somatic experience practitioner? What are, what does that entail, and what do you hit on a lot? Sure. So the somatic experiencing is a um, it's a trademarked modality. It's mm-hmm. uh, was developed by Dr. Peter Levine. He's the author of Waking the Tiger and um, multiple okay. other books. He, he's a uh, pretty well known in the, in the trauma field. Um, and it's beautiful work. And so the training for it, it's a three-year program. And so you have like a beginner year, intermediate, and then an advanced year. And essentially it's ways to work with trauma, ways to work with chronic stress and overwhelm. And so, yeah, you're really tapping into like how trauma gets stored in the physiology, um, how the autonomic nervous system is like always on board with these things. And Mm. so it's, 
it heals trauma or, or chronic stress really by not necessarily having to go in and relive memories or even really know what happened or know what the story is, Mm -hmm. but to really work with the physiological piece of like, how's your body responding like right now in the here and now, as we're talking about X, Y, and Z. And it might not even be the initial trauma. You know, maybe there was a trauma where um, you almost got attacked by a dog or you did get Mm -hmm. attacked by a dog as a child. And so now as an adult, you know, and maybe you don't even have a a memory of that or a real conscious memory, but now as an adult, every time you see your neighbor's dog, who's maybe very very small and non-threatening, you still have this, you know, like a, a highly activated sympathetic nervous system response which, you know, triggers the fight or flight. So maybe yeah. you're either, you're kind of, I'm doing this pulling back and freeze motion because mm-hmm. that's what happens for a lot of people. And so we can work with what's happening for you now with that response and um, actually going in and like touching some of those sensations that are happening in the body and really being present with what's going on in the physiology and the nervous system as it's happening okay, uh, yeah. versus trying to like tell a story about it or get the cognitive brain involved. It's really just noticing what's going on in the body and that allows for almost like doors to open is really how okay. I think about it. Um, we're then like, as we become acquainted with our body, it's like it thaws out some of those, those places or opens up doors or windows to some, you know, areas of like darkness or that we don't really want to deal with because it's so vulnerable or so painful. Yeah. No, absolutely. So you're talking about might not even remember things that have happened or, or vaguely, but they can still cause us to have that response. Yes. What and, and have those sensations, I think, is what you said too. Mm-hmm. So, what are some common sensations or, or feelings that people might have and they might not know, realize that they are connected to the nervous system and a response like that? Mm-hmm. Well, what happens for you when you get stressed out? Like, what happens in your body if you could think of a recent time when you're mildly stressed or activated? Uh, yeah, I guess I, I, I feel tense up here and, and just kind of like on edge. Like, okay, what I need to do? Like, oh, okay, I got this. So yeah, kind of get wound up, I guess would be a way to say it. Yeah. And maybe there's like some, like an impulse kind of driving, like I want to move or. Yeah. um, Yeah. So stuff like that. And then a a lot of people talk about, you know, tightness in their chest um, Mm. is a common symptom around stress and anxieties. Um, But that sense, yeah, of like needing to do or needing to go, particularly Mm -hmm. as we are in these heightened and long lasting uh, chronic stress patterns where it's like our body never goes into a natural like settling cycle the way our we're biologically programmed to and so when there's this constant override of like just for an example like I'm stressed I'm stressed I get up I gotta do this I got that I got the kids I got the office like we live these crazy lives um yeah and so we never let our system actually actually calm back down and so that that kind of symptom that you described of this like okay, I got to go. It's like this, yeah. our muscles are sort of coiled and ready for action. Um, but we may not, it may not have like a place, an appropriate place to land, you know, and maybe, mm. we, maybe it does maybe like, okay, we have this interview. We're going to prepare for it. It's going to be great. At the end, I'm going to, you know, take five minutes or 10 yeah. and relax and drink water, whatever. But if it's yeah. like, maybe I have five more calls after this, <laughs> right? that's my day. And yeah. like, I never actually, at the end of the day, I'm like drinking five beers. Cause I need to, you know, relax <laughs> for, for instance, for example, no, I, right. I, yeah. I'm not going to do that. But, um, but it's like, yeah, there's just no, we're not letting our systems actually do what, what they need to do. Um, and the, or the way that animals in the wild act with stressful situations, they typically have this heightened stress response. Then there's a period of settling and discharge that happens naturally. And our bodies are designed the same way, but we tend to override a lot of our, our natural uh, physiological and biological responses because mm. of our neocortex and just because yeah. of the way, you know, our society's set up really. Yeah. So what's, yeah. How our society is set up, 
and, and kind of overriding that. So not getting out of that, that kind of fight or flight feeling. Is mm-hmm. that what you're meaning by that? Yes. Yeah. If, if we have like long-term chronic stress, stress yeah. and we're constantly just riding that, um, that high of that, like sure. we're way up here, you know? And so yeah. we never come back down. Like it's, what should that down look like? What, what, what's kind of the normal of the body in that down or is it different for uh, different people? I mean, there's certainly variations of it, but mm-hmm. like for instance, animals in the wild, if you picture, you know, an antelope running across the plains and then the lions chasing them and, um, you know, and the animal's like sympathetic, he's in his flight mode, very yep. appropriate, right? And yep. these are appropriate responses for us too. If a, if a big dog is coming at us, we better right. hold through these, these hand motions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, um, and so it looks like just giving yourself time to kind of integrate and come back into your body versus like overriding, um, and continuing to move forward with that heightened stress response. It's like, if we okay. almost get into an accident or someone cuts us off on the way to work and then we don't, you know, pull over for five minutes and rest, we're just like, no, no, I'm fine. And like, you keep uh, going and, and then you go in and deal with your work day. And so you never give your body that chance to come down and do, gotcha. you know, maybe it's a little shaky or maybe it's just letting your breath restore to normal. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, uh, so I, I tried to start implementing because like I noticed that like response to the stress or anxiety or whatever. So I will, I'll go like walk outside yeah, and just kind of get away from the, and then, and then my wife always makes fun of me, but like take really big, deep breaths yeah, and just exhale. And she's like, she'll like mimic me. And I'm like, Hey, I'm taking care of it. Don't worry. But yeah, so that's what I've been adding <laughs> yeah. into, into kind of like, I guess my routine because to get rid of that, the buildup of the anxiety or stress or just go, go, go. And it's okay. I got to take a small step back, reset, and then go again. Definitely. And I think if you can get outside, that's one of my big things too, and and look at any kind of nature or yeah, even if it's just a tree or parks Mm or I live by the ocean. So I walk by, you know, I go, I'll just go out there and look at that sometimes. Um, but that helps. I feel like nature really offers our systems a nice reset, you know, as long as we're safe and all that. Right. Yeah, for sure. So is there, uh, and I, I know, but for people who might not, there's, is there a correlation between the nervous system and not having that, that kind of downward area that discharge and a physical issue problem that comes from that? I mean, sure. Yeah. If we're running on like heightened stress all the time. Um, and I, this is the area where I would like to get more education is just yeah. around like the hormonal component, correlation between different types of autoimmune diseases, um, things like high blood pressure, of course. And I think even weight gain is linked to higher levels of cortisol. Like it's harder okay. to lose weight when we, when we're flooding our system huh. with cortisol. Um, I think depression and anxiety certainly will come with those things. Yeah. Um, if we're not really taking time to have human connection, you know, first and foremost with ourselves and with our yeah. own bodies. Um, and then again, like taking the time to really truly connect with another human and a relaxed sort of, um, like implementing our social nervous system where we could just kind of enjoy communication and connection. Um, if we're lacking those things that can definitely lead to, to health issues. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I think there's, it's like, cause you got me here. Oh yeah, I'm stressed. I'm carrying it in my shoulder, like in my neck or in my back or, you know, and all that. And yeah, I think over time 
it's just like too much of anything can can turn bad for us. I mean, even of a good thing, if you're doing too much of it, can can be overwhelmed. You can overdose on vitamins <laughs> if Definitely. you take enough and, of them. So. And exercise, even there's like some yeah. really this one PT I follow. He he does a lot with like too much exercise and overtraining, which yeah, like rhabdo think, mile out or rhabdo, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, right? Because you don't think you think like oh we're supposed to, but it it really does speak to the the fact that we, we need an ebb and flow in our yeah. lives. It's how our systems are designed and, and it makes sense. I mean, we need sleep. So I'm sure we yeah. need, you know, we need different types of rest. For sure. So how, how can, uh, I mean, we, t- you talked about like implementing that social nervous system, like getting out, being in community a little bit. Are there other ways that you go about directing people when they're trying to work through this process of, of kind of the ups and downs of it that they can do to kind of get to that discharge easier. Um, yeah, there's definitely stuff to do. I'm actually doing a four week course right now and the, um, um, I'm teaching the course is what I mean. Nice. But in the first week we work with things that we can do. And so one of the first things, and what I really like to start a lot of my foundational, um, what are the pathological parasympathetic state, which can be like freeze or depression, or even like leading into thanatosis or states like that. Um, And so if we can just start to be aware when we really start tracking and getting outside of the window, so I'll have people be like, draw your window of tolerance, draw out a day and notice like where you are in the day. Are you way Mm -hmm. up here the whole day? Like what causes you to start getting up there? And so to start noticing before we're like at a 10, notice when we're like at a two or three and then really pause and say like, okay, what's happening to my body right now? Like, what am I noticing? What sensations are going along with this? Am I sitting like this? (laughs) <laughs> oh, interesting. Maybe let me just observe that and then see yeah. what happens as I observe it. Um, interesting. I like that. Yeah. So that's a big one. And then re- one of the biggest things that I talk about all the time is to, um, to start noticing your body when you feel, when you feel good or when you feel mm. like pleasant, most like yourself and really notice what sensations go along with that. And then that really helps us to start building our capacity to like, to be in our bodies and to feel, um, mm because it's much more pleasant to do this when we're, when it's enjoyable, like we're at the height of an anxiety attack or panic attack. That's not really the time to start noticing your body. Yeah. Um, it's painful and people don't want to do it. You know, it's the same with exercise. Nobody wants to start with the hardest thing that they hate. Right. No one's going to do it, but if you like going to take a walk, then that's great. Let's start there. So um, yeah, it's really helpful. And it's fun too, to like notice when you feel good and really like, yeah. it's like savoring a bite of chocolate cake. You're like, Oh, oh I do feel good. All right. Yeah. How's yeah. this feel in my body? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's fun and enjoyable and it really builds our, our capacity. No, that's awesome. And, and you mentioned a couple of times already the, the parasympathetic and sympathetic nerve systems. For those who might not know, could you elaborate a little bit on those? Sure. Yeah. So the oddity is reacting like we're in a life-threatening situation. So it's really interesting to note that because it's not just like, oh, I'm stressed. It's like, no, I think I'm going to die. So I'm going (laughs) to do whatever weird thing I need to do to like not have that happen, including like Mm. run and jump a fence or like kickbox the dog or whatever. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Don't hit your neighbor's dogs out there, everyone. Unless you have Um, to. Unless you have to. Um, So that's the sympathetic nervous system. It's the fight or flight response. And we have, you know, our blood kind of flows into our extremities so that Mm -hmm. we can run or fight or um, our pupils get like more dilated. So we can like being able to, yeah, I I like if you were getting attacked by a dog when you're younger and it now has played a part into your fears or, or your response now, is it the same kind of path? to overcome those previous traumas with it? 
Um, I mean, I think with trauma healing, it's really good to work with a practitioner. So mm. I always like to preface with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and it can be, you know, it could have been like a, a big, a big major incident, or it could have been a smaller incident, but you're seeing it recur in your life. It's really helpful to have somebody kind of guide you through some of these practices. Um, I continue to work with my practitioner every two weeks. It's really, really helpful. For sure. Um, so I definitely would preface with that. I, I think there, there is something to be said about having awareness around what's happening, especially mm-hmm. if it is around like a habitual pattern that maybe is born of a, of a traumatic incident. Um, like having some awareness of, of what, you know, what's happening, what your responses are, and then seeing if you're able to like touch into your body and, and feel a little bit more, um, and maybe try a different response and see what gotcha. that feels like. But, um, it's definitely helpful to work with someone around. Yeah. Perfect. No, yeah, I think that's, that's true. Definitely, uh, seek out the help needed. There's nothing wrong with that at, at all. I think it's definitely beneficial, um, oh, counseling, yeah. practitioner, whatever it is, whatever you're needing it's um, great to seek that. So for sure. Um, yeah, definitely it helped me when I, when I sought counseling back in college. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a helpful tool for sure. Yeah. hundred so, percent. I wish I'd had some counseling back in right. PT school. <laughs> right. <laughs> Probably uh, would have made my life a lot easier. Life was your counselor. <laughs> uh, yes. It beat me down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, uh, going forward with it, I, I know you mentioned a little bit about society and how our society kind of hinders our ability to get in this, this kind of right ebb and flow. What do you think is the biggest hindrance in, in that, in society? What do you think causes that? Um, that's a really good question. I mean, I think it's multifaceted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we still really have this kind of cling to the American dream that if we yeah. work really hard, then we'll be able to retire, you know, <laughs> at, at some point and like have a house. And that's right. really just not the reality anymore. You know, even with two income families, as harder and harder to buy a house, like college has skyrocketed. So like our, our whole paradigm has shifted, but I think we do tend to have this mentality of like more is better. We need to push mm. really hard. We need to be working 60 and 80 hour weeks. And that's like the, the ticket to success. Um, which is, I mean, we're seeing more and more, this just isn't true. Cause you look at people who right. have that. And certainly some people are relaxed and happy and taking cruise vacations around the Caribbean. But then you also see other people who have a lot of major health problems in their sixties. There's a ton of like true. obesity, loneliness, depression, all of these things are really, really prevalent. Um, so I think examining that, like what is the need to get up and, you know, and push and work like, like hard to the point of where we, we don't open our weeks, like take a half day on a Wednesday women. And this is a part of that hormonal piece too, is just the way that, you know, we're on this, um, 28 day cycle with our Mm. hormones. And so it's, it's really good for women to just get to know like the different hormonal phases of your cycle. It's like, when do I have more testosterone? When do I have more estrogen? And like each phase it's, it's, we are better suited for different tasks. Like, yeah, some phases and and like with the male hormonal cycle, it runs on a 24 hour clock, which is kind of how we're set up where there's like a surge of testosterone in the morning. Mm -hmm. And this works too for, um, for women that are past menopause or premenstrual, they're again on this 24 hour clock, but for women, for a big chunk of our lives, we're also working on this 28 day cycle. And so really getting some insight into like what's happening in our hormones, like throughout the four phases of that cycle, um, that's really beneficial of like how we can structure our work weeks and our work days. And some, Mm. you know, some days are not the best to make big decisions. Some days are really good days to have meetings and, 
again, this isn't answering your question. No, speaking, I love it though. It's a speaking it's more great. of a solution. It's a great yeah. point. I, I, yeah. um, this woman, Elisa Vitti has done a lot of research around that, around the, um, infradian cycle and the 28 day clock. And she's got some great information about like what hormones are doing, what, and what that means. And, um, if you're a woman, definitely check that out. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, again, I just think how the body's created to, to have these different phases during the day or through the cycle. And then, yeah, if we can like, it almost like if we can understand ourselves, but I think we've gotten so far away from understanding how our body works and how it's supposed to work and, and the responses and it's, yeah, I think our, it's all shifted to, yeah, trying to, I don't know. It's almost like trying to please the masses with what our work ethic, like what are, who are we truly like working for and the end of the day. So, yeah. What do you think is the main, like the big driving factor for that? It's a good question. Yeah. I, 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 it's almost like we're taught so much what the process is supposed to be. Like Mm -hmm. we're supposed to do this and, and this and this and get a job and work and retire and all this. And then, but then who, who it's who you're listening to is teaching you like what the outcome is supposed to be. So are you supposed to work 12 hours a day, come home, barely talk to your family, go to bed, or um, what's more important? Like, is it the, the work-life balance? Like, I think it, a lot of it's with like just how we're taught. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the focus is more on almost results rather than like change or like care. I guess hmm. with individuals or, or others, you know, yeah. I don't know. It, it is a hard question. Even, even thinking on it there, like it's almost like we're, we're, we're focused too much on what others think of us and, and our results, what we're doing. And we're not remembering to take care of ourselves and, and helping others and, and being able to give back to others. So it's, it's, and it's like you said, multifaceted, it's so much that goes into it. And it's a big question. Yeah. And it's probably a lot deeper than, than what we have time for, for sure to get into. Um, yeah, I, I will say like as an entrepreneur and having my own struggles with this entrepreneurial journey, um, yeah. cause there's a lot that goes with it. You know, there really mm-hmm. is, and there's high peaks and there's low peaks, but, yeah. um, the more that I've been able to tap into my bodies and my, not my like own, like sort of natural pacing, cause I'm mm-hmm. not like, I'm a hard worker and I can yeah. get really obsessed, but I'm I've like everything's so much easier when I like am in more of a flow state, when I take mm. time to go hiking, when I like don't schedule back to back calls, when I get right. myself, you know, 30 minutes in between, or um it's just easier and it's better and I'm more effective at what I do. So it's a constant, like I have to remind myself of this, you know, weekly almost of um, you know, pacing. I like yeah. the concept of pacing. Like what's my yeah. long-term game here? Like yes. how you know, and how am I setting my life up for myself? Is it so that I can work all the time is if I'm doing that now, I'm probably always going to do that. Right. You know, I don't know that I'll get to a point where all of a sudden I just shift and, right. you know, maybe if I have a lot of money, but probably not. I think we build these patterns and we want to, you know, we, we ride them out. So what we're building and establishing now is we're creating businesses and moving through this entrepreneurial journey is um, it's important to look at, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I think, and again, it just goes back to knowing yourself. How do you run best? Where does that flow state for you? What is that? Um, is it you just need a 20 minute break in the middle of the day? Is that good or, or break it up even more? Yeah. So I think that's huge just to know yourself and know your body and yeah. kind of build build kind of your life around that or your schedule around that and, and kind of see how that can help flourish and help things really grow a lot better. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, awesome. 
I, Dr. Kirby, I appreciate you being on today. Before we go, I, I have a question I always ask the guests, and it has to do with pencil leadership. The fifth trait uh, is that we're all created to leave a mark. And so at the end of the day, uh, when everything is said and done for you here on earth, what do you hope your mark is? Um, oh, boy, that's a big question, too. <laughs> Um, I mean, honestly, my, my goal that I don't always say, cause it's kind of goofy is, um, I would like to see like more people in their bodies, you know, mm. and I think people could take that different ways, but I know what I mean by it. And I'd love to like leave that mark on the world. It's like yeah. more people who are able to like show up in their bodies like every day. Cool. And, like, I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I think that, I mean, that would make, if people did that, I think we would see a huge change in culture and in the state of things for sure. Yeah. I can feel my whole own like stomach just relax at the thought of that. I'm like, yeah. Oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> 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 you're, you're having flow there. Exactly. Let's like, awesome. stay in that place for a little while and see yeah. relaxing Absolutely. to envision. Well, awesome. Well, again, we appreciate it. Is there a place or, or where's the best place where people can connect with you and see what you're doing or, or, or get a, get your help with things? Sure. Thanks for asking. Um, yeah. You can always check out my websites, Kirby Method Consulting. Uh, my last name is with an E, K-E-R-B-Y. I'm also pretty active on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook, I'm Alice Kirby. Instagram, D-R as in Dr. Alice Kirby. And I, I do a lot of live education, mostly on Facebook, although I think cool. I'm going to be doing more of that on Instagram. So if you want to hear me talk more about some of these techniques, offer some practices to help you know, with getting in your body and practicing some of the somatic work, I talk about it all the time. Awesome. Yeah, guys. So definitely get connected with her on those platforms. Just keep learning. It's really good stuff. And knowing more about her body is, is huge. So uh, Dr. Kirby, thank you again for being on Pencil Leadership. You're welcome. It was really fun. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope it brought you value. If it did, leave a rating and review on whatever platform you listen to your podcast. This actually helps us get this in front of more people so we can leave a bigger mark. And then share this with someone, someone that it could bring value to so you can make a difference in their life as well. Now let's go out and be pencil leaders.